As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to episode 144, Getting Canned. Hey, Money Clan, a very warm welcome to today's episode of the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So, Katie, quite a cool episode today. It's with Rob from Getting Canned, and like the name sounds, that's why he started his websites. He lost his job. Hmm. Well, I think it is definitely a testament to Rob that he lost his job and then kind of came out as a win. I think it's uh, definitely one of those things like fate. Like, yeah. okay, well, I probably wouldn't have done this if I was stuck in my nine to five. So fate happened and now he is living his best life yeah and, and i think it also like it, it makes you realize that reliance on a single source of income can be a little bit scary and he sort of aims to try and teach people ways to you know like better themselves and figure out how to do better with what you currently have and build up more additional like streams of income almost yeah well and like they say i think the average millionaire has seven streams of income yeah seven streams of income so so yeah before we dive into today's episode if you guys would like to join our facebook community head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group there you can join our facebook group come and say hi and let us know what you're busy working on from your finances yes we want to know if you are paying off your student loan or your car loan or you know if you have questions about investing or what to do with your retirement funds just you know, there's so many people in there that it's not only just me and you that can help, it's other people who are in there that can help too. So, yeah. you know, it's a big group of people who want to help. I thought you were going to say money nerds. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kate, okay, you ready to dive into today's episode? Yeah. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Rob is an experienced investor in his early 40s that is looking to pursue financial independence. He has some entrepreneurial experience, real estate experience, loves world travel, food and computers. After finishing up his latest contract office job, he moved to Taiwan to purchase a life with more freedom. He blogs over at gettingcanned.com. Welcome, Hi, Rob. Rob. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to just jump right in and your blog, gettingcanned.com. 
mm-hmm. was created as a result of losing your job. Yep, and that, that's right. I just, yeah, I wanted to kind of get an idea, like, where were you at that time when you lost your job? Can you kind of walk us mm-hmm. through where you were in your life and how you were feeling and were you panicking? Like, what was going through your mind? Yeah, so I guess but what inspired the blog was actually I was at sort of the tail end of four years at a company and um, kind of a quick backstory was like um, sort of through maybe sort of sticking up for myself and getting like a great performance review and a horrible merit increase. Um, I think it sort of led to me getting pushed out of a company after four years. So at the time that I created the blog, I was kind of feeling frustrated with corporate America, but it was it was at a time when I was doing pretty good, I guess, on my pursuit of financial independence. So I thought this was kind of the way to kick it off. So that's sort of the initial job loss that was behind the creation of the blog. But shortly after I created the blog, I kind of realized that I had a more interesting story about job loss to tell. And that was way back in 2008 when the financial crisis happened. I had found myself, uh, I lost a job and ended up, it's like the really worst time. It was like around October of 2008, I lost my job and found myself out of work for over two years. And at that point, I was sort of desperate to do any kind of work at all. And that led to me going overseas to teach English. So um, you've been working in Asia quite a bit lately. What is well, so sort of like how have you sort of handled moving over there and what have you realized about money and how it's specifically different to the United States and the lifestyle that you were accustomed to? Yeah, good questions. Yeah, I have done a little bit of bouncing back and forth. Um, so like recently what happened is that this was a little more planned for, but um, after wrapping up my current contract gig, I, I started sort of paring down everything I owned to get ready to head overseas to Asia. And so it did, it required sort of taking an inventory of everything and cutting down to the point that I had like basically two big bags of luggage to head over there. But one of the things that was, you know, sort of a huge um, revelation financially is like, you know, I I keep a list, I keep a budget of, of my expenses and everything. And like, as I plan to get ready to head overseas, it was just like cutting everything out. Like so many things, so many of these bills started just sort of disappearing. And like one of the biggest ones was, I, I wrote a post about it, but it's like, you don't realize how expensive owning a car is. Like I had, I drove like a, you know, relatively cheap economy car, but when you factor in like depreciation, insurance, um, gas, maintenance and all that stuff, it it's a lot more expensive than you would think. And so like every single thing related to uh, the car went away and like, almost everything um, other than just eating and, and where you live. And so it, you know, the, the sort of the geo arbitrage aspect of it, like food and housing is a lot cheaper here. And so it's, you can just get by on a lot less overseas. And I think that's, it's a great thing. I feel like I can definitely relate to that a little bit. We just spent a month in South Africa to see Dennis's family oh, wow. and wow. it was quite eye-opening for me because I had never been in a foreign country for such a long time. And just like the small things that we went without that were a bit of an adjustment for me, but completely normal life for his family that I was just like, oh, I guess you don't need all these, you know, comforts all the time. Uh, So I can definitely 
appreciate and see where you're coming from when you say like you don't need everything like living in asia is a much more simple life yeah it's also crazy when you actually so, sorry, um, it's also crazy when you factor in all the different costs and everything else as well. And like you said, that um, geo-arbitrage, it's actually mm-hmm. quite insane when you're e- either going to somewhere with a different currency or the cost of living there is much lower. And you kind of think to yourself, you know, we live in a world where you think that you're working so hard and everything's so expensive, but in other countries, that's significantly cheaper. And yes, you may earn a little bit less but you kind of have to weigh up the pros and cons of what kind of a lifestyle you want relative to the country you're in and the cost of living. And it's quite interesting seeing that the more you travel around. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I think that's really relevant is, um, and I'm speaking about America, um, but like the medical cost of is something you have to take into consideration. I think a lot of people on forums and, and, you know, chatting and on the internet, they talk about planning for a retirement and they, they talk about the expenses they have and, and, and people just tend to not want to forecast for like health insurance and medical expense. It's unbelievably expensive in the U S. Um, but I just had, I can give you an example. So like, I don't know if I sound okay, but like I actually, um, sort of just clearing up from having a pretty bad cold, maybe almost even bordered on pneumonia. But, uh, the other day I went, yeah, I, I went to the emergency room in Taiwan, um, and this was kind of at the my girlfriend said emergency room because I said it's maybe not that bad, but we went to the emergency room and I ended up seeing a doctor, and I got a chest X-ray and I got like a blood plant panel of tests done. Um, on the spot, I got some sort of breathing treatment with oxygen to sort of help clear up. I guess it was the doctor said it was just both basically an asthma attack with a bad cold um, and got some medicine and the total cost for this out the door without any insurance was like around $130. Now in America, I'm, I'm pretty sure this would be several thousand dollars. Like even if you've got Thousands. insurance, you're going to have a deductible. So yeah, it's just interesting to see these differences in medical cost um, in other countries versus, you know, some of the countries in the West where it's just unbelievably expensive. I'm looking at America, of course. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So I want to ask then, we talked a bit before the show that you're not teaching right now. You're kind of taking a break from it. So Mm -hmm. what are you doing to make ends meet while you're on your path to financial independence? Yeah, well, I've I've sort of, it's been a long journey, but along the journey, I've um, acquired real estate. I've got two condos that are rented out back in the States and I've been doing some freelancing and blogging. Um, so there, there's a few things and I'm, you know, picking up some more. I, I, my background is as a systems analyst and I found some luck doing freelancing with like CRM software. They need um, database work, like cleaning up data and imports and exports and that type of thing. Um, so there's, there's work here and there that I picked up along with the, you know, uh, blogging and stuff. So, and the other thing is I will say teaching English is a nice thing to have in your pocket as well, because it's a, it's a skill that can really serve you pretty well, um, around the world. So I know that's one of the, it's one of the things I talk about a good deal on the site. And even though I'm not doing it full time now, I, I still think it's, it's a great, um, avenue for people depending on where you're at in life. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit briefly about what, that type of life is like for anyone that's interested. And that's, um, 
every country is going to be a little bit different, but I can speak about Taiwan and how it generally is in Asia. But usually you're talking about pay that is hovering somewhere around, you know, maybe $18 US an hour, which isn't too bad. Um, and the schedule is, um, they tend to be relatively easy compared to like a 40 hour work week. So we're talking about, we're talking about um, maybe 20 to 25 hours a week. Um, so it's, you know, considerably less than a full-time job. Um, and the hours are in the afternoon to early evening. So, um, lets you do things like sleep in and have, uh, you know, a lot of freedom with your day. So, um, and, and these days you can teach at a school or you can teach online. So it really affords you a lot of freedom where you can kind of do as you want and leverage the geo arbitrage and, and travel as you, as you want. That's really exciting. So I'm not going to lie. Asia is very, very far away, especially to a lot of mm -hmm. people in the US, which is yeah. the, the, the bulk of our audience. Um, mm -hmm. So what ultimately made you decide to go to Asia and sort of what were the steps that you took to get there? And lastly, like, was this whole move prompted by having maybe been there before? Yeah, good, really good question. Yeah, so the the original time going out, it was, to some extent, it was kind of just desperation. Um, you know, if I, if I rewind back to 2008, I had been unemployed for um, a little over two years. And at this point, I was searching for jobs at any level in the economy. Like, I wasn't too good for anything. Um but it was just sort of a, a chance encounter with with a guy that I met um, just at a party. And he had just got back from teaching English in, and I don't even remember, this was just kind of a random stranger. I think it might have been Thailand. But he said he had a great time. And, you know, normally it's something you would hear the story and you would think, okay, but that's not something ever that I could ever do. But I realized I was at a point where there just weren't many options and I didn't want to be stagnant. I wanted to do some sort of work. Um, and so I actually kind of asked him questions and I said, like, what do you need to, how, how do you do this? Like, what do you do to, to go overseas and teach English? And he said that the requirements aren't generally um, that high of a barrier. It's like for for a lot of places, you really just need like the college degree and you need to be from a country that is um, English speaking, of course, as their first language. Um, these days, I think they do also, a lot of countries will require like a criminal background check, but ultimately, you know, you do these things, you get hired and then they need to set you up with a work visa. But those are sort of the main requirements to do it. Chain, as we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Money Clan, if you're looking for ways to build passive income streams, head on over to chainofwealth.com slash passive dash income. This is a guide which I've created and it's full of information to help you set up multiple streams of income. It's really a comprehensive guide that's about six chapters long. It dives into a lot of details, so definitely check it out. That's chainofwealth.com slash passive dash income. Okay, Rob, so I'm curious with all your traveling and everything, what your saving or retirement plan uh, looks like today. Okay, sure. Um, I don't want to give numbers. I don't want to get too specific, but I think I've, uh, I guess <laughs> conservatively speaking, I have, I think I've saved up enough such that I could meet at least my bare minimum needs. Um, and that might be uh, considering, you know, eventually I will um, get Social Security. 
but I am able to live relatively cheap. Like when I was in the U S like I was pretty frugal and I think I've generally kept my uh, expenses to around 2000 or maybe a little bit more per month. But when you go overseas to Asia, it can, can, I could, I would say that you could do it maybe 1,500 a month. Um, but yeah, you know, throughout the time that I was working, I would always max out 401k and try to get the match, um, as well as like IRA. Um, and I have worked, um, and saved and I've got two, rental property. So I think the the position that I'm in now is I think as long as I can make ends meet with the freelancing um, and have a bit of a stream from the rental income, that even if I don't contribute massive amounts, I think I should be able to uh, survive come, you know, you know, when I get older and can no longer uh, do any earning. Okay. And just but, but I think when you speak of like when you speak of like you know kind of early retirement, I I don't plan to not work. Like I intend to pursue projects that make some money and maybe maybe a great deal, maybe a little bit. But it's like I've heard people talk about the fire acronym and like the financial independence part is awesome. The retire early part, I don't think it's like necessarily a requirement. I look at it more as like a live live the lifestyle you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier than waiting till you're 65. It's more like do what, what you want, what you're passionate about. And usually you can make at least a little bit of money. I've made a little bit from the blogging so far and I've got, um, friends that I've seen success from them. That's inspiration, inspirational. I've I've got a couple other things I'm interested in doing. I've got a buddy that is running an e-commerce business and he's had some success and growth, um, um, selling a supplement. So a shout out to him. If he, if he listens to this, I won't do any name dropping, but if he hears this, (laughs) he'll get a chuckle out of that. Just out of curiosity, how long do you plan on being over in uh, Taiwan? Yeah, that's an awesome question because at this point it is a little bit of an unknown. So like, um, you know, before I came here, there was kind of chat with my buddy and friends here and talking about like, is this my sort of semi-retirement going to Asia, you know, kind of permanently? I've cut a lot of ties with the U.S. where I pretty much got all of my stuff here and most of my obligations are sort of settled in the U.S., but what's going to happen over the next like years, a little bit undecided other than I do plan to be here until at least March. So like my, my round trip ticket sends me back to the U S come March. Like when March happens, um, I'll see how I feel like my, maybe I will go hang out in Chiang Mai for a month. Um, I love Thai food and it's like extremely cheap in Chiang Mai. Um, and then head back to Taiwan or maybe I'll travel to another spot. It's a little bit up in the air. Um, I thought about, you know, depending on how the job market is going, maybe I'll head back to the U.S. and do a contract, you know, do a contract work for maybe six months or a year. Never hurts to lump some more into the retirement accounts, but I guess I'll just kind of see how I feel come springtime. That's really cool. You're like a, like a leaf in the wind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think I've, my whole life I've been like just this super over planner, like almost to the point where it's like, do you want to plan your life out and to the point where you're like, you know, what's your burial plot? It's like, leave a little bit of spontaneity to the future and just kind of enjoy the moment. Yeah. It's definitely very cool. So do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for our listeners? Um, sure. I mean, I guess it would probably be like some of the standards that are out there, but I guess one that is a little bit newer is, um, 
Well, I, you know, I like choose FI, but one of the guys that I heard on choose FI, uh, a guy named Cody, um, who's, I guess a, a young guy to the game. Uh, but he just came out with a podcast, uh, recently. Well, it started out and then it kind of evolved to something else, but now it's called the Fi show. And, and, uh, I'm pretty impressed with some of the guests that he's had on recently. He's had some of the big names, like he just had Paula Pant, um, you know, and yeah, who else? But he's had, he's had big names already. So he's doing great. So that one, that's one good to check out. Awesome. So do you have a favorite quote you try to live by? Mm, good question. Um, yeah, I think there, there's a there's a quote out there, and I'm probably not going to get it exactly right, but it's something along the lines of, I'm rich not because of all my possessions, but from my lack of wants. So if you can sort of tell yourself that, you know, even if you have food and a roof over your head, you kind of have everything you need. Anything above that is like wealth. Definitely, yeah. Rob, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Um, I guess I'll just say, you know, the, it's it's relatively simple as, as far as getting ahead. Like, don't spend more um, than you can afford. You know, live a frugal life and save and invest. Index funds are kind of the way to go. And uh, think outside of the box. Like, it's not, it doesn't have to be so expensive as the way it is in the US. Like, if you're getting close to your goal, consider teaching English as an option overseas. And you can, you can really um, open your eyes to a lot about the world by just traveling and, and seeing outside of, you know, the, the place that you grew up. And for, if anyone's interested in doing so, they're happy to, um, I'd be happy for them to reach out to me and I'll answer any questions about my experience. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rob. Chaitin, as we've been hanging out with Rob, you can check out his website. It's gettingcanned.com. It's definitely some really cool resources on there, and it gives a completely different approach to what most people consider more mainstream. So definitely check out his website. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.